Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, talking to Krishna. And today we are ranking the most important skills in the NBA. So we sat down and we were talking, we talk about this all the time. If you could have, uh, you know, you're building a team and you start with a player, what do you want that skill set to be? So what we're going to do right now is me and Krishna are going to have a discussion on what we think is the most important skill. We're going to rank, I think we grabbed, what was it? like six skills and we're going to rank what we think is the most important. And then we're going to do a follow-up episode in the future. We're going to do some research. We're trying to get some data behind it. We are basketball index ultimately. Uh, but this episode is going to be uh, kind of our opinions, the ways kind of worth leaning, what our theories on it will be. Uh, Krishna, how you doing? You ready to talk some uh, MBA skill sets? Yep. Ready to talk some skill sets. And uh, I, I'm just going to add, so I think like we're going to try to look at this episode as like, kind of our opinions, our theories, and like almost like a hypothesis, right? Like, and then we're going to try to answer this. And then uh, in the episode where we try to answer this, we're going to try to like look back and say, and look at like, where were we wrong? Where were we right? Um, Why were we wrong? And kind of answer. Why were we right? That's what I'm interested in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So uh, let's uh, get started. Okay, so these are the skill sets we're going to look at. So the idea is if you could get an elite player that is a top 10. So the thing is, you don't know who the player is. So let's say, well, like three-point shooting is going to be one of them. You just kind of like blind, you know, pick into a hat of names and you get someone that has a top 10 skill set in three-point shooting. So it's going to be top 10 for all these skill sets. The skills are playmaking, three-point shooting, mid-range, driving and finishing, interior defense, perimeter defense. So again, just recapping that. Playmaking, then the three levels of scoring, three-point shooting, mid-range, driving and finishing. And then on defense, just really simple, interior defense and perimeter defense. And it's, again, you're putting a name into a hat and you're getting a guy that's a top 10 player in this league. So this, I guess it's like a, we're going to do a draft style. So Krishna, what what are you what are your initial thoughts here and what I think I know you're leaning towards three point shooting, but here's the thing like the number one player would obviously be Steph, but you know you pull into your your hat and you you pull out a name and maybe you get the ninth best three point shooter maybe that's not quite as valuable, maybe someone like a Jason Tatum I don't know who it would be 
So what, what skill are you leaning towards as you kind of think is like the most valuable? You're going to build your team where this is what you want your star player to excel at. Uh, yeah, I think um, this is actually kind of a tricky question for me because I'm going to ask you a question about the three-point shooting because I think there's like a few components to three-point shooting that make it more complicated than mid-range and finishing. Um, because like with mid-range, mid-range shots are basically all self-created. Finishing, um, I think we're primarily talking driving and finishing, right? You said that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much okay. how I'm thinking about it. Because I, I mean, I guess if you just want a player that's an excellent play finisher, you, you can have that. Right. Uh, and with three-point shooting, I feel like that includes, like, that includes guys who are catch-and-shoot um, specialists. It which are probably obviously the worst three-point shooters. Um, it includes guys who can hit pull-up threes, but then also like guys who can hit threes on the move, catch and shoot movement threes, uh, which to me are are pretty valuable. So like it includes a lot of different types of threes, and I feel like that's where um, like it, it gets a little more complicated. Like so, I, I guess I'm asking you like, can you give me a little clarity? Like when you say three-point shooting. Are you like the way you said um, with finishing, we're just looking at driving and finishing, right? So are we going to just look at like self-created threes or do you want to also include guys who can catch and shoot or like, do you see what I'm saying? Like this is a, 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 a skill that includes a lot of mini skills. Yeah, I would say probably the easiest way to sum it up is I would count it as they, I mean, if they're this good at shooting, they're probably good at both and they probably lean towards self-creation. You know, we're, we're thinking of guys like Steph thing of, you know, maybe a younger James Harden, Damian Lillard. Um, like I said, Jason Tatum, pretty darn good three point shooter. So those are the type of players that I would say are, are probably kind of near the top there. Cause like, yeah, there are catch and shoot players that are like Seth Curry, like by, shooting percentage is the best but i don't think like if you gave everyone a pool of shooters to pick from i don't think they'd pick seth first to like build their team around okay um okay so i kind of have a little better of an idea here so we're kind of looking at guys who can who can do a little bit of everything like what you want in those skills right i, I guess that's a good way to speak. like what you want in your three-point shooting yeah um okay uh I think hmm. I'm actually not going to go with three point shooting. Mm. Yeah. Um, and even despite like you clarifying uh, the, the kind of the def definition of three point shooting, I still think um, I think that there are other aspects of uh, like the, the skills we've listed that matter more. Um, and, and also I think like just taking like, like to me, if you were talking about like one skill, the guy who's the best, like at one particular skill, like I'm taking Steph Curry to three point shooting. Right. But we're not doing that. Um, we're kind of trying to look at like the fifth or eighth best guy. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. There's 10 names in the hat. You could get Steph Curry. Or you could get someone. You could get Dane, which would be great. Or you might get a little bit lower, really, really high end three point guys, but maybe not that like tippy top of the iceberg. Okay, 
Okay, actually, that's an interesting way to frame it. So now, like, because like if I'm thinking about the top, let's let's kind of keep it down, keep, whittle it down to like the top ten for all these top skills, right? And we're picking out a hat. And I think if I was like, my goal would be to like the number, my number one pick would be to get Steph Curry's three point shooting. That would be my number mm -hmm. one pick uh, because I think that's far and away higher than every other player's skill above any other skill, right? Above like, so like if I'm ranking playmaking, I don't think the one and two playmaking difference is as big as like Steph's three point shooting and the second best three point shooter, right? Same thing with mm -hmm. mid range finishing, uh, perimeter D, interior D, et cetera. However, what makes this interesting is I have a chance of getting like the seventh or eighth best three point shooter. And I think if I'm picking like, um, so I have a one in 10 chance of getting that, that my number one pick here. Right. But, um, but then all of the other guys, like all the, the lower run guys on the three point shooting, I think I'm probably taking, like, I'm probably taking, I think playmaking over like, um, maybe some of the three point shooting or even finishing like a, a guy, the top guys who can get to the rim to me are uh, insanely valuable. Um, I think what's tricky here is finishing and playmaking are kind of correlated, right? Like um, a lot of the best finishers end up being um, great playmakers and, you know, likewise, like, um, you know, a lot of the great playmakers are, are great at getting the basket. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go with, um, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with playmaking. All right. So you're going to take playmaking number one. What if I was like, and you got Ricky Rubio, you got the 10th best playmaker from a couple seasons ago. <laughs> no, uh, playmaking. I, this was a really hard one. Cause I mean, I understand the pick, right? Because if you have elite playmaking, you can, like, honestly, it, it it makes it easier to have role players, right? Because if you start taking, you know, skills like, you know, perimeter, like interior D or perimeter D and mid-range shooting, and like you go too far down and you don't have enough playmaking on your team, it really gets difficult fast to make things happen. Like most of, most of the best players in the league you know, going deep into the playoffs are obviously really good scores, but then have playmaking. And I know it's hard to separate these skills because a lot of them, like you said, well, are connected. Yeah, but I think I, the playmaking talent is it's a good pick. Yeah, the other thing is like with the ten because we're saying playmaking and not passing, the tenth best playmaker is a good a good score, partly because to be the tenth best playmaker, you have to have some scoring gravity, right? So I think that's what I'm also I don't know if you're Marcus Smart. You got pretty good playmaking this year. Not a ton of scoring gravity. Is uh, is is Marcus Smart top ten in the playmaking talent? No, but he's like he's top twenty. I'm pretty sure. Okay, but but we're we're looking top ten here. So I'm pretty sure yeah, all yeah, of my yeah. top ten guys are at least uh, probably you know on the upper echelon of scorers in the league. Probably in the like top 20, 30 scores. So I'm uh, I'm getting a little benefit by uh, by choosing playmaker here because I'm essentially getting a guy who I know can kind of run an offense but has some scoring ability because again to be top 10 playmaker you have to be a great scorer i like it. you're trying to game the system yeah. i enjoy yeah. that 
Okay, so what I'm looking at, I'm I think I'm going to go with the inverse. You know, I have time to think about it, and I'm going to go with the driving and finishing because you know we talked about that playmaking does come out of that, and I think getting to the rim is the most important. I think it's the most important thing to have on a team because it's so apparent when a team doesn't have it. Now you can be the Kings and you can be Golden State. You can come up with a new offense and you can be a team loaded with shooters and everybody's running around setting screens, you know, hitting movement threes. But it's it's pretty difficult to do that. And I actually think that that strategy gets less effective the more the more teams that try to do it. If that makes sense, because there's only so many of those really really you know, like high-end shooters on Golden State that, you know, there's only so many Kevin Herders in the world. So I do think that that strategy starts to, it's it's not scalable to the whole league, but I do think driving and getting to the rim is because it just puts so much pressure on defenses. You know, you have a guy like Zion, Giannis, Jaw, where, you know, like Zion's not the greatest passer in the world yet, but he's still like, it's, it's the reverse gravity, right? Like it's the original gravity. We talk about three-point shooting and all the gravity that has in today's game. But it's like if, if you watch basketball from a few decades ago, there's people going to the cup. The immense gravity pulling everyone into the paint is, I would argue, just as strong as the gravity nowadays that pulls everyone away. So I would go with the really high-end finishing uh, and getting to the rim just because it creates so much and I also don't think you need to be the greatest passer in the world because the windows can get so large because there's so much rotation going on in the defense. Yeah, so you know what? That would have been my second pick. Uh, and uh, partly as, you know, the reasons you mentioned because it is kind of correlated to playmaking. Like, you can be a much better playmaker. The other thing I would say is that, uh, you know, look at the, look at what the defense wants to take away what like most the best defenses in the league are always trying to take away the rim because the rim is the most efficient shot right like scoring at the rim is still more efficient than shooting a three so every the best defense is always going to be trying to take away the rim so if i have a guy i know that can get to the rim against elite defenses like playoff level defenses i'm i'm getting a skill that is insanely valuable because I am basically getting a skill that's warping the de- like that's breaking a defense because the defense is trying to prevent shots at the rim and I'm still getting shots at the rim. So then if you look at like the effects after that, what happens after that? If like a defense is trying to prevent shots at the rim and you're getting the rim, well then the defense is collapsing and you're getting like better shots all over the place. So like I, I do agree with finishing being second, uh, just because from the standpoint of thinking about what the defense is trying to do. Um, anyway, so that so just kind of giving you that, uh, <laughs> telling you that uh, that would have been my second pick as well. Um, my next pick is interesting. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm choosing between three point shooting and mid range, and the reason I'm doing that is because I. Ultimately, I'm just going to go with offense skills above any defensive skill, Um, you know, because offense is defense is more about the team and offense. A singular offensive player can um, change offense at a much higher impact level than on defense. Um, And 
So I know you're, you're probably thinking I'm going three-point shooting, right? Wait, hold on. Can I make a change to the rules of this? I didn't really, I didn't really consider. Uh, <laughs> so I think for all the offensive categories, playmaking, three-point shooting, mid-range, driving, and finishing, we should say those you're going to get, like, you get a top 10 player. But for interior defense and perimeter defense, it's a top five player. Okay, that's... Does that make it more interesting? That makes it more interesting because um, now I'm I'm thinking about, like, so now you're talking about defenders who can anchor, uh, like, an entire top five defense on their own. Like defensive player of the year candidates. Yeah, the defensive player of the year candidates. Um, that does make it more interesting. Um, I think... I think because we're still, I guess I'm like if you if you were doing this for a regular season only, maybe I might, I might choose interior D. But like, if I'm factoring in playoffs, I'm I'm, I'm probably still choosing between the offensive categories, uh, just because I think in the playoffs it's more about like maybe who your weakest link is on defense. Um, so three point so uh, for me it's kind of down to three point shooting in mid range and i'm going to go with the uh i'm kind of leaning towards mid range here mm. yeah um and i just i think i'm the reason i'm leaning towards mid range is and again like i just thinking of it from the standpoint of like okay i get like 10 chances at like a top 10 player in that skill, um, I if I <laughs> if I could take any one skill from any one player, I'm taking Steph's three point shooting. But um, and honestly, I I might take even Dame's three point shooting, Mitchell's three point shooting, like over like uh, I guess Katie's mid range shooting possibly. But um, and although you know what's interesting. I feel like the the leaders in mid-range talent. So now I'm thinking about this a little more. I, I'm leaning towards mid-range, but now I'm thinking more about the guys that like eight, nine, and ten in mid-range talent. And I'm wondering if those guys are as good as like the three-point shooting at like eight, nine, ten. Like, is it is the tenth best mid-range shooter as good as like the tenth best three-point shooter? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, you want, me to, you want me to throw out some names to help you? Yeah, sure. Okay, so top 10 in mid-range talent this year. We're on the Basketball Index Skills app, our newest app. You are you know, a few clicks away from the same data as front offices and NBA agents. I almost said scouts. I mean, scouts too. Uh, okay, so we got Durant, DeRozan, Luka, Jalen Brunson, De'Aaron Fox, Jokic, Embiid, Irving, Devin Booker, and SGA rounds out the top 10. So the tail end there, Kyrie Irving, Devin Booker, SGA. Still pretty good players. Yeah. Embiid at seven is crazy, by the way. It's just crazy. Yeah, that is. Uh, okay, so I'm feeling a little better about the later. Who who are like seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 in, in three-point shooting? Well, hold on. Let me quickly on the B-Ball Index skills tool, you can just jump over one tab and with a few easy clicks, you have a list of, well, I had it sorted through. You can sort through multiple seasons. I needed to change it to 2023. So for three-point shooting talent this year, we have Steph Curry, Buddy Heal, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, and Fernie Simons. Clay Thompson, Luca, Tyrese Halliburton, Spencer Dinwiddie. Wow, 
Kyrie Irving at 10, and then Jason Tatum at 11, who I referenced earlier. Uh, yeah, so you know what? I think, uh, so I'm going to stick with my first, uh, my initial kind of guess where my initial pick, which was the mid-range talent, because I think, <laughs> and maybe you listing the names out where I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that, that last group of players sounds better than the last group of players in three-point shooting talent, even though Kyrie was in both of them. Um, I think, uh, you know, and especially like five through 10 to me for the mid-range talent, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of preferring that over the five through 10 and three-point shooting talent. Um, I think part of it is because, again, um, three-point shooting talent can include guys who are catching and, and shooting. And, and the movement shooting is really important, but like the self-creation for mid-range. And also I feel like the drop-off, like having... Like this matters a lot in the playoffs, and I think having like guys who can hit like <laughs> like Katie hitting like fifty five percent of mid range or or Booker hitting like forty five percent and fifty or near forty eight percent. The other thing is partly this is also self selection because the guys who take mid range shots are the guys who are going to be shooting them efficiently or like good enough to be able to take them right. So. Uh, I'm I'm like I'm choosing among some of the best like mid-range players in the league here and a lot of them have other good skills um, and I think the other thing is like a lot of these players are seem like players that could help more in the playoffs where you know maybe the only shot you can have that's available is like a mid-range right so uh, part of so continuing on the theme of like what is the defense trying to to give you the defense is trying to give you mid-range shots usually, right? They, they're going to try to take away shots at the rim first. Then they're going to try to take away threes and free throws. And you're kind of left with, okay, yeah, take a mid-range. So um, most of these guys are like excellent mid-range. And, um, and partly because mid-range and three-point shooting is like somewhat correlated, right? A lot of those guys at the bottom of the list were pretty good three-point shooters. Um, whereas like with the three point shooting talent, I have like Spencer Dinwiddie, um, or right. Like not as good mid range shooters or not necessarily as good. as like, um, playmaking. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with mid range. All right. Yeah, no, I think mid range like makes sense. Cause in the playoffs, that's the toughest shot to take away. Like you said, there's a lot of defenses that give you that shot. And also just like straight up, it's very hard to suppress a player's mid range game because of like how it works, right? You're in the in-between, you're backpedaling. It's hard to get, like you're not blocking a lot of mid-range shots. It's just too hard. So if the player has good enough shot making, like you just have to live with it. So I, I understand that. I think mid-range is very powerful. Uh, I'm going to go with playmaking talent at number two. So whoa, whoa, uh, I, I thought we're doing a, like, I thought we're alternating. I already took. Oh, you're, oh, oh, you're, oh, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I thought that makes more sense. I thought we, I, I would don't know not why. have gone with mid range second, by the way, because I said I would have gone with finishing second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I was looking at the spreadsheet for too long, got confused. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah, you took, it also just like works way better as a podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> recapping, you took uh, playmaking talent number one. I took driving and finishing number two. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> I would just kept going with it. Uh, Krishna, you took uh, mid-range at three. So I have the fourth pick. I am going to go. 
so we you you talked about it. offense is just more important than defense. Um, every high school coach would hate to hear that, but it just is the truth. So I'm going to go with three point shooting because it it combines nicely with my first skill. I have you know the best at driving and finishing. So they're going to kick out when they are not finishing at the basket, and they are going to pass it out to some of the best shooters in the league. So I'm going to take three point shooting at four here in the draft, and I think you know. It's 2023. I don't really need to defend three-point shooting. <laughs> so I think we'll move on to your fifth pick. Uh, yeah, uh, I, w- I would have obviously taken three-point shooting fourth, too. I think we both kind of touched on on the reasons why. Um, also- Wait, but hold on. Let's just take a second. There's two people that work at a basketball analytics company, and through drafting different skills, I think if you asked 100 people on the street, they'd be like, oh, the stats guys, they're going to take three-point shooting, number one. Uh- yeah, <laughs> no. They're going to take it number one, number two, and number three. Yeah. Um, Every person I've ever talked to at Pickup Basketball, as soon as I say, I'm like, oh, yeah, I work for a, an analytics company. They just start going off about three-point shooting. There's no longer a conversation. They got their hands in the air. Sometimes they raise their voice. They're very, very upset about it. Yeah. Well, I think part of this is also the way we defined it. Like, if we defined it as, like, the whole, like, if, like, we're talking about the lead of the lead, but, if, like, if we had defined it as, like the league average player, then I would change my rankings. Like a league, like I'm getting a league average player both at each skill. I would have three point shooting much higher, right? But because we're looking at the lead of the elite, I think that's why uh, three point shooting's dropped. Um, although- that's really interesting because now that you say that, if we were just taking because we're doing elite, right? Top ten guys. If you were doing league average, I think I would take three point shooting number one yep. and then perimeter defense number two. Yeah, I I might. Yeah, you know what? I I might agree with that. Um, I don't. That's interesting. If you're, uh, I'm just taking three and D players for my my role players. I would go with perimeter D number two because I think I I don't really care about a league average mid range shooter, uh, especially because that person shouldn't be shooting. (laughs) Yeah, they're not. They're not. They should not be shooting mid range. A league averaging a league average finisher is not bending the defense. So no, I don't really care about them. You know, there's somebody that's like folding laundry listening to this episode and like they they miss like two sentences in the middle there and they're like very confused about like redrafts that are going on right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, no, I I do agree with that. Um, Oh, the other thing you took three point shooting. So you get the chance at the number one skill, which is the Steph Curry three point shoot. I do do at least. (gasps) I have an idea. I wow, maybe on the next episode we'll do like we'll just end cap the next episode. Yeah, it's not an interview or anything. What I'll do is I will write down all of the top 10 players in each of these skills and I'll put names in a hat and I'll have my girlfriend draw them out. Yeah, I got a girlfriend. I'm bragging about it. Um I got a girl. I'll hover pull the names out of the hat and then I'll see what lineups we actually ended up with. What? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting. I know you got stuck. I it's, I have a girlfriend. I know it's surprising. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what I got stuck on. I got stuck on, uh, on like <laughs> you. I, I thought you were gonna suggest that we have another podcast where we like choose. We have a draft of all of the top players in each skill. So like, like I keep telling you, I would take, and I've already given you my number one pick somehow. But like, if we have the top ten players in playmaking, top ten three point shooting, top ten mid range. And we just select uh, in like a snake draft uh, a skill like the number one. Uh, so like 
I've already given away my number one pick, but like it would be Steph Curry's three point shooting, right? My number two pick might be, um, uh, I don't know, James Harden's playmaking or something like I, you know, so we could do something like that, right? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. Make yeah. a, uh, it's like a skills draft. So, like, yeah, what it, is it? What is it? The thing in, um, it's like in Power Rangers and things where they make the giant mech out of a bunch of smaller vehicles. Yeah. Uh, I I don't, I don't know what it's called, but that it would be like that. Both skills. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> this might be Wednesday's episode. <laughs> so yeah, we should, we should definitely do that. And all right, let's get, let's get back on track. We'll do, we'll talk about that on Wednesday, okay. but so right now, just recapping, you took playmaking at number one. I took driving and finishing at two. You took mid range at three. I took three point shooting at four. And then now you have the choice between interior defense and perimeter defense here at five. And uh, I think we both know which which direction I'm going here. I, I have a feeling. Yeah, it's it's definitely interior D. Uh, Wait, hold on. What if you get a top five interior defender or you get the best perimeter defender? Does that change it for you? No. Now, hold on. If we ch- So to me, where it starts to get interesting is... Um, 10th best interior defender yeah, versus best, best perimeter defender. defender versus maybe the best perimeter defender. Okay, I go back. I changed the rules for the third time in this game. <laughs> and it's top 10 or, interior defenders honestly, or I'm the best perimeter sure defender. I'm not sure if I would take the best perimeter defender over the 10th pe- best interior defender. I think that's... Um, but that's right well, hold on. Where let, me, let me pop into the Basketball Index Skills app. Yeah. Uh, let me just move the sliders that are as easy as one, two, three to move around. I'm going to look at rim points saved per 75. I'm going to go into our defensive roles really quick. Going to deselect all. Going to pick mobile big and anchor big. It's just this easy, folks. And I'm going to look at the results. I'm going to give you who the 10th best rim protector has been this year. Zach Collins. Well, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be saying that name. Okay. Wow, I I didn't think that either. Uh, right around him, Giannis, uh, Draymond Green, Nick Claxton, uh, Laurie Markkinen. Okay, Markkinen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, those other names, not at all surprising. <laughs> <laughs> the other names all make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Laurie Markkinen's a tall fella. Yeah, no, no, he is. I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I just wouldn't have guessed he'd be that high. Okay, so have you heard of, I don't even know how you say his name. He's on Phoenix, Jock Landale? Yeah. Landale? Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's a theory going around in the Basketball Index comment section on Twitter that he's not a real player, that he's just <laughs> he's just a name in there. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen him before, so I, I can believe. Yeah. I, I like him. He's uh, pretty good. But he's real? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, he is real. He's a real guy. Yep, real guy. All right, all right. All right uh okay so back to our draft let's finish this out are you going with uh who is the best top 10 defender so what was that oh okay you know what i don't i I was gonna say you didn't give me a name for the best perimeter defender but i guess oh it's alex caruso i don't even need to give you i was was gonna say we're going okay um okay so we're we're talking about alex you know what though so like (laughs) you said zach collins and the other names around that were like draymond and Giannis and and I'm still taking the interior defender. So you could end up with Zach Collins. Yeah. Um, no, no, nothing against Zach Collins. He has a wonderful story coming back in the league battling against injuries, but he's not better than Alice Caruso. 
Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. Well, so I, I guess the tricky part here is like the, the 10th best um, interior defender or the 11th best and 12th best, like it was Giannis and Draymond, right? Those guys are also really good perimeter defenders. So that's where like there's a skill, right? <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I would take those guys over Caruso because they're elite interior and also pretty good perimeter. But if it's Zach Collins, I'm taking Alex Caruso. Um, All right, so what's it going to be? So, um, wait, so are you, are you asking me who am I choosing between Alex Caruso? No, or- I'm asking you, who are you picking interior defense, top 10, or the best perimeter defender? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna alter the rules here. I'm gonna say again for the fourth time yeah, we're changing the I'm rules. I'm gonna say that I have since you named who are the names? Zach Collins, Giannis, Draymond, and there was a fourth guy who's pretty good. Um, Laurie Marketing. Laurie Marketing. Okay. Oh, okay. So so I got those four guys. I got one four. I got we're picking out a hat. I got a chance at any one of those four guys, or I got a chance. Or I just get Alex Caruso. So am I taking the, let's just say the 50% chance I get Draymond or Giannis, and I'm taking both of them over Alex Caruso, or I could have um, Markinen or Collins, and I would take, uh, I would pretty clearly take Caruso over both of them as a defender. So, um, so which am I taking here? So that, so that's what can that's I give the, you a can I give you a third option for skill set? Okay, you can have the best sidelines out of bounds passer in the league in Josh Giddy. You could be drawn up the best slob plays with 0.2 seconds left in the game. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna still stick with perimeter deer. That's just a curveball. You could also could door number three. Door number three is Josh Giddy. Okay, is Josh Giddy inbounding the ball from the sideline? Okay. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I'm I'm still going with a fifty percent chance I get Draymond or or Giannis out of those four guys. So give me interior D. He's a gambler, ladies and gentlemen. He's a gambler. Uh, all right, that's going to round it out with me picking perimeter defense sixth. So just to recap, uh, this our skill set draft. Uh, number one, playmaking talent. Number two, driving and finishing. Number three, with a surprise pick, mid-range. Number four, three-point shooting. Number five, interior defense. Number six, perimeter defense. Christian, before we get out of here, are you feeling good about this draft as a whole? Uh, Yeah, so actually, I I just wanted to, uh, because I kind of gave my list along the way, so I would have had play-making one. I would have agreed with you finishing two. I obviously had mid-range three, three three-point shooting four, perimeter D5, and you got uh, interior D five, then perimeter D. What would your order have been? I'm I'm obviously feeling good about this draft, partly because I got the first pick every time. So <laughs> I actually got my my uh, picks because I got one, three, and five, which I guess is technically unfair in the draft. Uh, yeah, this is the same thing happened when we picked playoff teams. I got stuck with like the last pick that had no value. Um, that's uh, why I'm going to ask you though. What would your order have been? So obviously. You would you have gone with finishing one or playmaking or so hmm. there was like a weird part of me that almost wanted to take mid-range one, but I was more thinking historically, right? Like if you take the five best mid-range shooters in NBA history, like what is that value? But I think it's gonna end up 
I think I might have just had driving and finishing number one. Like I think that would have been a switch. So that would have been think your number one pick regardless. Yeah, I would have switched because you had playmaking one and I had driving and finishing at two. And I think I would have switched those. I would have driving and finishing at one and then playmaking at two. I don't even know if that's right, but the amount – it's really difficult. I might be just speaking as a fan, not an analyst. But when you're watching a game and nobody can get into the paint, it's very difficult for – like you could have – I don't know. You could have Ricky Rubio, Steve Nash, Drew Holiday, Garland out there. But if for some reason they all had like injuries and they couldn't get in the paint anymore, like it doesn't really matter that they're wizards with the ball. Um, yeah, that's or I don't know. Maybe maybe it does. <laughs> but yeah, that, I think that's the one change I'd do. But what about yeah? So that was a that you, was a fun one. Okay, would you have taken? So I took mid range three and then three point shooting. What would your so you said you're one and two. What would your three, four, five, and six have been? I think because I think like the when I first thought I was like, oh, so we drive and finishing, playmaking, and three point shooting, and kind of the classic way we see the NBA now. But the thing is, with the mid range talent, is it makes your offense so much less brittle. And I think we've seen this a few times. Where when you have a bunch of three and D players, it's kind of followed Harden around. It was kind of in Houston. It's not as much of an issue with the Sixers because obviously he has Embiid. But when you start stacking a roster with too many, I mean, I love a specialized guy with like a singular skill set that's really strong or two skill sets or whatever it is. But there's there's brittle like there's a brittleness that comes with that and. If you're up against a really high-end defense that are taking away the optimal things you want to do, having that strong mid-range, because like this is what I try to tell people all the time, is because you know they they talk to me about basketball, you know, you ask what your job is, what their job is, whatever it is, and so if we're talking about it a little bit, it's like so the mid-range really hasn't gone away. It's just like bad players don't take mid-range shots anymore. Like good players still take it all the time. There's certain players that take it a ton. Like Devin Booker is a really good player. He's a top 20 player. Takes a ton of mid-rangers. So it's not that like that shot has really gone away. It's just like the seventh best guy on your team pretty much doesn't take them anymore because it's just inefficient from like a math standpoint. So I think I would have had a pretty similar draft to you. Hard to say if I would have taken three-point shooting over mid-range. Maybe I would have. I don't know. But yeah, I think I think the mid-range makes sense when you're like, it's pretty high-end play. Like, you're getting, like, SGA's mid-range game. Like, I'm pretty comfortable with that as a coach, a fan, a GM, whatever it is. Like, you still have a very good chance to win some games with that. Okay, so I'm I'm putting you on the spot here. Would you have had basically the same order I had, I guess? Mm. Would I have had the same order? I had mid-range three, then three-point shooting. No, 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 because I would have had driving and finishing one. So no, no, I know. So we swapped finishing and playmaking. Then I had mid range and three point shooting. Would you have agreed with that order, or would you have taken one of the D uh, perimeter D or interior D over one of those? Would you have also had perimeter D last? Probably would have had perimeter D last. Okay, I think I think that's an easy one. Yeah, I. Also, I've kind of had this idea. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But in the playoffs. There's, you know, we talk about it every year, three-point shot variance. I would imagine, I don't know this, but I would imagine if you ran the numbers, there would be less variance in the mid-range because you shoot a higher percentage on them. And I wonder if, again, that 
I don't know what the word would be, but the strength of your mid-range game to game. Like, cause there's just certain playoff games where you're like, oh, we just lost game three because like we shot 23% from three on a bunch of attempts. And like, that probably won't happen again this series, right? Like, I don't know, maybe that happens from mid-range as well, but do you see what I'm trying? There's like a little less volatility in mid-range oh, yeah. because it's a higher percentage shot. Yeah. I think, uh, again, that's why I would say, that's kind of why I took mid-range over uh, three-point shooting. I think the only guy who I actually feel fairly comfortable with like not having that much variance in three point shooting is Steph, right? Like, and to me, it feels like you like you actually do feel pretty comfortable that he's going to consistently hit like I don't know, like four threes in a game or something like that, right? So that like, but outside of that, like every other player, I do feel like you have so much more variance with that three point shot. Um, and I think also if you're just looking at the back end of uh, the three point shooters. Um, you're you're probably just feeling more comfortable with mid range guys, right? Like, um, and and part of it, like you said, like you know, like we both said, like just there's less volatility in the playoffs. Um, and you have to guard the whole court also, yeah. like because if you play against a super analytics team, you really only have to guard like the restricted area and the three point line, right? And like, there's a lot of space where you're like, I'm just flipping my hips and just sprinting to the basket, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it sounds like we would have had, after swapping, finishing, and playmaking, it sounds like we would have had the same order. Is that correct? Yep, I think so. And I uh, think that means it's time to get out of here. So just recapping the draft. uh, Oh, no, I I was just trying to, because I picked first and third, and I think, but like picked first every time, I was trying to get used to to give your list so that you had a chance to... uh, I'll never, I'll never hide what's up my sleeve. Uh, yeah. So just recapping the draft: Krishna one at playmaking, uh, Taylor second uh, driving and finishing, Krishna third in the mid range, Taylor fourth in three point shooting, Krishna fifth interior defense, and then Taylor sixth perimeter defense. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. My name's Taylor. That's Krishna, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index podcast.